What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Pursuit of Creative podcast. My name is AJ Cruz, your host, and if you're new, welcome. This podcast is all about inspiring and trying to give insight into the life of a creative. So if you are creative, if you're a chef, if you're a photographer, a filmmaker, a tattoo artist, which we're sitting here with one today, his name is Singh. Say hi, Singh. Hello. <laughs> um, if you are a creative, this is the podcast for you. If you enjoy the process, this is the podcast for you. And today we're going to get into it with Singh. Singh has a really, really, really interesting story, and it's one that I've kind of really grown to admire. He's given me a he's given me two tattoos now. Um, both were in the year of 2018. And during one of those tattoos, he had kind of briefly brushed over the story, but I kind of want him to tell you guys about it. Um, my first question for him is, uh, he used to be a nurse. So he'll tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> but um, when did you realize that being a nurse wasn't for you? Because obviously you're not one now. Yes, uh, it was a process for sure. But there was multiple kind of indicators kind of like warning signs for me to basically say like yeah this probably isn't for me mm -hmm. um one of the thing is i have really really strict traditional parents uh, very asian parents <laughs> so uh, doctor lawyer engineer mm -hmm. you know the stereotype yeah you know? absolutely. so basically um, i did for them and it's not like I don't enjoy helping people. It's not that uh, I don't like taking care of people and mm -hmm. nursing them back to health. It's just throughout the whole career of me being a nurse, a CNA, it was just emotionally and physically taxing for me. Yeah. And um, I wasn't enjoying it 100%. Yeah. And I was getting burnt out real, real quick. How long were you doing it for? I was a CNA for about two years and then I was a nurse for one year. And for those of you who don't know what a CNA is, it's a certified nursing assistant. So it's it's it, disgusting. It's <laughs> like if we're gonna be completely blind, it's like the bottom of the bottom yes. of being in the medical field, right? So you're you know, you're I mean, it's a very humbling job. It is. I it was is a CNA true. as well. Basically what your job is is you're helping people move around. You're cleaning them up when they go to the bathroom, you're helping feed them, like the very basic stuff that kind of takes the weight off of the nurses mm -hmm. while they do the more critical mm -hmm. care is that it can fair? be rewarding That's fair. yeah it sure. is rewarding i yeah. agree i think everyone should do it be a cna for at least a month of their life yeah just to know what it's like but continue with your story so um so basically there was one incident where um it was kind of the last straw um i'm um even though i'm a very introverted person i still really like connecting with people mm -hmm. i like building connections with people and one of my favorite parts of my job was building uh, my connections with my residents and stuff. And there was this one incident where um, literally just they were passing away. Like it was one month where multiple, like by the weeks, they were just passing away. And I was getting burned out because these were people that I built relationships with and connections with like for for a while. You'd you know? gotten attached. Yeah, exactly. I got attached. And for me to, and, and I experienced it before, but um, that was a little too much for mm -hmm. multiple of them to just pass away like that. And I just mm -hmm. had no time to like cushion my feelings to like re recoup um, with with the loss of uh, my residence, you mm -hmm. know? So that was kind of like the nail 
the last kind of nail that like pushed me forward to like encourage me to basically pursue my dream as a tattoo artist. Now, was that dream, had that dream always been there or was that something that you kind of uh, came to fruition as you were becoming a nurse or uh, as you were a nurse? It, it's always been there. Um, it's just I thought that dream was uh, basically um, impossible because of my upbringing and mm-hmm. uh, my parents basically saying that it was something that I shouldn't do, that I, that it would be disgraceful for me to pursue and everything. Um, but when, since I was a little kid, um, I always wanted to be a tattoo artist. Yeah. I kind of remember vividly um, this moment where I saw this guy who was tatted all over and I was really, really little. And then my, my dad was there and my dad was just like, hey, don't be like him. And I was yeah. just like, meanwhile, I looked at him and I was just like, oh, you looked he's at him the, like an idol. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, he's the coolest person alive <laughs> because he looks so cool, covered in tattoos. And um, I just, from there, I appreciate the art basically in the shadows mm-hmm. where my parents couldn't suspect me, basically. Yeah. But in my mindset, I was just like, whatever, dad, you, you don't yeah. know anything. <laughs> you don't know anything. Yeah. And for those of you, he's not bashing on like Asian culture whatsoever. We both, I think we both grew up with. Yeah, like, very, yeah, very um, traditional. I don't know. It is. I, I guess. It's a very, very linear way of thinking. Yes, yeah, very linear, yeah. very traditional. And it's by no means, uh, it's uh, it, me, like like AJ said, like bashing on the culture or yeah. anything. It's just how. It's just how it is. It's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. really is. <laughs> it's, and it's tough. I think I think even the, like, the toughest part, and this is just from my like own experience, is growing up in America. Mm-hmm. But, like, growing up in America, growing up with an Asian culture. So, like, mm-hmm. you grow up with a linear way of thinking, but you grow up in a society of you can literally do whatever the fuck you want to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's two contradictory ways of, ways of thinking. And I think, like, once you get to that age where you start to make your own decisions mm-hmm. is when you really see, like, how, mm-hmm. like, your way of thinking has developed. Whether you've gone with that, yep. the Asian, like, mentality, like, that traditional way of thinking or mm-hmm. if you've developed your own thought processes and beliefs and aspirations mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. I, I have to say I am very grateful that I was brought up in that traditional cultural mm-hmm. sense because I have the both perspectives As because I, yeah. I came from like literally nothing mm-hmm. like um uh, I came from like a village I came from like a third world country and it's just I there everything's stuck in tradition mm-hmm. everybody knows their place everybody knows their role that they're gonna play throughout their life you know but when we came here to america it was a total cultural shock because how i see it america is very individualistic um, yeah and oh wow uh the culture that i grew up in is very linear very traditional not individualistic you are a collective of a whole like uh community and if you don't follow into that place, that position, then you're basically ostracized mm-hmm. or like looked down upon basically. Yeah. So I think being in that position where I have that traditional sense, it, it taught me discipline, mm-hmm. you know, it taught me discipline, work, uh, work ethic and everything. Meanwhile, um, I have that American mindset of like pursuing my dream, mm-hmm. per- wanting to be mm-hmm. an individual. Absolutely. You know? I think that's a huge blessing growing up in like uh, Asian like culture is because of that. Like like you said, mm-hmm. you you grew up with 
work ethic. You grew up with discipline because I can tell yeah. you right now is if you didn't have that, you'd get your ass whooped. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but you also had the blessing of growing up. Well, not like you, you didn't grow up in the U S but you mm-hmm. had the opportunity to experience what it was like to live in the U S which has mm-hmm. ignited that American dream, mm-hmm. like ideology kind of in you, which honestly, in my own personal opinion, I think the mixture of those two things is probably like the deadliest combo you can possibly have because <laughs> yeah. I think that that's the, like the biggest recipe for success. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you don't have to grow up in an Asian culture to have that. If you look at some of the most successful people, those people who have discipline those people who yep. set a routine of like the people who wake up in the morning they're like when i wake up i'm gonna eat a bowl of breakfast and then after i eat a bowl of breakfast i'm gonna go up take mm-hmm. a piss after i take a piss i'm gonna shave my face after i shave my face that I'm gonna structure structure yeah. like to know that even when you don't want to do it you do it anyway mm-hmm. it comes almost as naturally as brushing your teeth right mm-hmm. and so i guess like from there i kind of want to bounce back to when you talked about burnout with nursing is um when did you so you i understand when you realized that you were becoming burnt out but like could you give any advice to anyone listening about how they can kind of have that self-awareness of if they're getting burnt out in the job that they're doing right now and if it's actually meant for them um that's so tough because um my brother was going through the same thing um because he saw my journey through that from the beginning um where I I was there one night where I was just like, hey, I think I'm going to be a tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. And he was from the beginning and he saw my evolution through my journey and stuff. And he is actually kind of going through that too. And we talked about it where it, it, it's a very delicate and a very, very complex situation because first of all, you need money. Mm-hmm. You need that um, very... Stability. Stability, yeah. right. Uh, you need stability to basically just live in general but you may want to pursue something else maybe something uh, with something that you are more passionate about Mm -hmm. but but you can't because it might not have that stability you know so i don't know it's just it's really really hard because to deal with burnout and all that stuff like i see my parents do the same thing they burn out constantly but Mm -hmm. um they have that work ethic that keeps them going even though it's something that they don't necessarily want to do you know yeah but i don't know it's 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 hard for us uh, because yeah as your parents kind of uh they came to america with like nothing kind of basically right yeah and just like yeah. built from the bottom to top. but no my dad yeah, no, you're right. He came from absolutely nothing. He came over when he was 18. Mm. And he knew how to speak English, but he wasn't very good at it. Mm. And so, like, that's just for me is, like, super, super inspiring. Mm. And basically his whole thing was I need to do whatever the fuck I need to do to provide for my family. Because at the time he only had two kids. Mm. I wasn't even in the picture at the time. And I think he worked four jobs. Wow. He worked. I know he worked. I know he worked at a grocery store. And I know at the same time he was working at the grocery store, he was working the the graveyard shift at a cemetery to mow the cemetery. Whoa. And I think he worked at like some plastic molding company. I, I these are I, these are all like I think, but I know mm-hmm. he was working like three or four jobs at the same time just to provide for his kids, mm-hmm. which to me is super inspiring. And I think that's kind of where I get my work ethic from. Mm-hmm. It's because I grew up like you know I grew up single parent with just that guy Mm -hmm. and he's just rubbed off on me so Mm -hmm. but yeah my parents were basically the same way um 
but the thing is we both of us have the luxury because of them you know yeah, to like absolutely to like build off of what we have for stability mm-hmm. into something that we are more wanting to do like absolutely. tattooing or um anything immediate mm-hmm. like you like it's just like we have the luxury to uh, basically take that foot forward to go into that um, field mm-hmm. whether it's risky or not because we have them to support yeah. us we have we have that means. backbone yeah. that they created for absolutely. us you know? so um i don't know i mean everybody's situation is different. it is it is different that's why i kind of wanted to see where you would go with that and i like the way you you took that conversation because you didn't have just one linear answer for everyone because like you said it's all different mm-hmm. but also you mentioned that we grew up with the luxury of having parents and i feel like it's kind of hip, like hypocritical not hypocritical what's the word i'm looking for anyway like it it, it, it sounds good but it, it's kind of like sounds about at the same time but having a parent who grinded so hard mm-hmm. doing things that they didn't enjoy yeah to give us a life to be successful mm-hmm. and now we have the opportunity to pursue the things that we want to do but even people in our situation mm-hmm don't have that luxury yes yes. and i think and i feel like that topic isn't gonna speak to them as well but in your own words and your own ideas and it's not going to be a right answer but if you could give the best answer how do you feel that those people could should might go about trying to pursue what they do want to do even though they don't have the same cards that we were dealt Mm, i think no matter what happens just take that step forward take the leap yes because that nagging feeling that you have in the back of your mind just contemplating just thinking like what if i just do this Mm -hmm. just having that like nagging feeling and not being able to pursue it and you let your life just pass Mm -hmm. it's the worst feeling ever absolutely and that was what was happening even though i'm like really young i'm only 23 yeah but i witnessed that i felt that feeling when i was a nurse when i was in the medical field because every single day i was just in the back of my mind i was just like what if i was tattooing right now what if i was drawing what if i was painting Mm -hmm. what if i was doing what i love right then and there absolutely and so for anyone who wants to pursue something anyone who wants to delve into a a career or a field where it may not have the best stability i say just go for it absolutely with that it's you said like what if what if i could be tattooing right now you don't know my what if is hmm what if i like what if i fucking die tomorrow like and i know that's morbid (laughs) it's morbid and it's depressing but like seriously so i had just really quick i had a close call Mm -hmm. at the beginning of january where like i genuinely like almost like lost my life i had a very close car accident where thankful to my high school uh what am i looking for uh reaction time that i haven't lost yet I was able to pull off like on the interstate and very closely avoid getting like T-boned by a oh. semi truck. Yeah, it was insane, and I didn't didn't message it, didn't men- mention it on like social media or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was between me, and my girlfriend, and my family. Mm-hmm. But it was such an eye opener. Like when I had that happen, literally since that day, I've always thought like, dude, what if tomorrow? And I know it's really sad. It's mm-hmm. really sad, but like I always think like, what if tomorrow, I go to drive to work, and that's my last drive. Mm-hmm. 
what do I need to do today to try and make my yeah. impact a little bit more? So if I do have the blessing to wake up tomorrow and have the blessing to go on and keep doing what I want to do, mm-hmm. that I'll have what happened yesterday impact today and have that kind of snowball. So mm-hmm. that's my why. That's my, that's not my why, but that's my what if mm-hmm. basically my why is completely different, but mm-hmm. that's kind of where I was going with that. But, um, I kind of want to get into, so you mentioned the whole like taking the leap thing. I also kind of want to hit on for the people who don't have the luxury like me and Singh do. If I was you, and this is not the right answer. Okay. This is not the right answer. This is not the right way to do things. This is just what I think I would do Mm -hmm. if I had nothing Mm -hmm. to start with. If I had no income, not a stable job, I would literally do whatever I could by good means <laughs> mm-hmm. to get income. Like, you know, like if you can learn a quick skill, like to busk on the streets and make $10 here, $20 here, like seriously, like mm-hmm. I would, if I didn't have the luxury I had now, but I had three rocks that I found on the side of the road, I would go on the, the corner of downtown Omaha mm-hmm. and juggle to try and make like tips and like for change. Tips. Yes. Mm-hmm. Juggle. I would, probably dig inside dumpsters and take the stuff out there oh, yeah. and try and pawn it off to make an extra couple bucks and mm-hmm. save that money to try and save up for a camera. If photography was what yep. I wanted to do or musician, if I wanted to buy a $20 guitar off the pawn shop and then use that to make more money, like I would do whatever I could possibly do to mm-hmm. make money to, cause money is huge. It's mm-hmm. a good driving yep. force. Whatever I could do to make money, to get to myself to where I want to be, or at least get myself close to kind of give me that luxury mm-hmm. per se. You obviously, it's not a luxury because you have to work your ass off for it, but what did your parents have to do? What did my parents have to do? Mm -hmm. You know, how bad do you want it is basically where I'm getting at with that. Mm -hmm. Um, how much work do you put into, so I want to know how much work do you put into perfecting your craft? So you're a tattoo artist now. You took that leap. You were like, and how long have you been doing it by the way? Uh, next week will be two years. Next week will be two years. He started tattooing. Um, well, when was it? 2002 years. I'm two years. the only Asian that so, can't do math. So No, I'm also the only Asian. So high five. We're the only Asians who can't do math. So that's dope. But it'll be 2017. 2017. Yes. And you did my tattoo in, I want to say like early, tw- like late, late, late 2018. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, it yeah. was late 2018. Because I got. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got my the tattoo on my forearm uh, literally two days before New Year's. Wait a minute. I think it was early uh, 2018 because um, uh, it was right after Free Day, which was December. That's right. So I believe you were the apprentice sing yes. <laughs> the young Padawan, mm-hmm. the young Padawan. So you've been you haven't been in the game long. No, and I, I have not. That's super inspiring to me because you are in my eyes and too many other people's eyes. And like I mentioned, I had people say your name that I didn't know. <laughs> my family said your name. I hadn't mentioned anything that's crazy. to you. And that's super crazy to me is the fact that you haven't been in this game long at all. Mm-hmm. And you've made a, you've made a name for yourself in Omaha. And I think that you're still continuing to make a name. Yes. But like how much work do you put into perfecting your craft? How oh much gosh. work do you put in? Cause you're not always in the shop, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, obviously doing tattoos for other people gives you the practice. Mm-hmm. But then there's the hours outside of that. There's the time that you spend thinking about it. There's yep. the time you spend networking. Talk to me about that. I basically don't have a life for you. <laughs> um, with every single tattoo, with every single custom designs that presented to me by a client, I put in my heart and soul into it. Mm-hmm. There would be days where I would uh, start going to the shop from... Uh, 9 a.m. in the morning and I will be there till 1 
a.m. in the morning, you mm-hmm. know, and um, and it's me always trying to go to the next step. Like if I'm not doing somebody's uh, custom design, I'm going to like start drawing on my next one uh, that uh, I want to really do mm-hmm. or think that uh, can improve my abilities and everything. If I'm yeah. if I'm weak on line work, I will do tattoos that just solely rely on line work. You know, it's just. Um, right now, it's such a broad and big responsibility for yeah. me, but I'm trying my best to meet all the weak points that I have and basically close the gap and make me into one of the big guys, you know, mm-hmm. one of the tattoo artists who I admire and see how confident they are with every step they take, with mm-hmm. every stroke of the pen, with every single um client that they talk to you mm-hmm. know i want to be like that so yeah yeah um to just 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 eat breathe and live that <laughs> craft that you're trying to basically master you but know? it's not forceful is it it's not forceful see and that's the thing is it's like <laughs> don't force it please yes, don't force please it. don't force it don't force it um that's okay that's this one thing I tell people because people would always ask me, "Hey, may, can you teach me how to draw and stuff?" And I was just like, "I can teach you, but I can't teach you to love the craft, mm-hmm. you know? Because every single hour, every single minute, I get into tattooing, get into drawing. I enjoy it one hundred percent of the time, and that's something I cannot." teach people or have it replicate in someone else that's something you have to find yourself absolutely i've recently got into and i know people are gonna who are listening to this are gonna be like dude you just got in and like gotten into that Mm -hmm. i listen to a podcast called mf ceo which is an old project podcast it's a business podcast and i was listening to an episode a couple days ago and i don't mean to re-preach what andy frisella preached Mm -hmm. and i'm not trying to like recycle his content but what you said literally reminded me of that episode and i think he's going to appreciate that is the fact that um he talked about making sure that you don't have any holes in your bucket Mm -hmm. and what does that mean that means basically like you have your bucket and you fill that bucket with water and that water represents success Mm -hmm. if you have holes in that bucket you're gonna your water's gonna fall out right Mm -hmm. so think of the bucket as like a metaphorical like that's your life right and you're pouring your success in there you're using your craft to put more success in it but you have your weaknesses which are the holes in your bucket and if you don't tend to those weaknesses those holes are either going to get bigger or those holes are going to prevent you from um succeeding as much as you possibly could Mm -hmm. if you had plugged those holes so Mm -hmm. when you say you know like when you mentioned if my line work is weak i make sure i do tattoos that are solely line work is because that's a weak point for you right i wouldn't say it's a weak point for you now a tattoo definitely does not agree (laughs) with that statement but that being said, if you feel as though you have a weak point, if somebody has mentioned that you have a weak point, have the self-aware, um, a self-awareness to acknowledge that yes. weak point and then do whatever you can to manage it. You don't have yep. to make those weak points as strong as your strengths mm-hmm. per se, but you have to know kind of how to manage those. And I'm still working on that. I'm not perfect. I, I'm not trying to, like I said, I'm not trying to re-preach what Andy had said but it's such a true thing is it's like if you do not handle your weaknesses Mm -hmm. you will not have as much success as you possibly could Mm -hmm. and i think that's super inspiring especially to me to hear you sit there and be like yeah dude like i I do the things that i am not so good at so that way i'm not shit (laughs) yeah exactly like i feel like humility and like just 
knowing that you ain't shit is the most <laughs> important thing because that gives you so much room to yeah. grow because just know that you ain't shit yeah and just keep striving yeah don't look at the sidelines just keep going straight for that goal mm. because um knowing your weakness is so important because i have artists um uh uh, that I worked with before I'm um, not particularly the shop that I'm in but yeah. um, the previous shop it's just like I had artists where they would show me a tattoo and they'll be like hey check this shit out it's isn't it the dopest thing and no it's not yeah. <laughs> like I was like that's the weirdest thing to say because if you think that then it, there really isn't any room to grow yeah you know you can always do better. You mm -hmm. all, you can always do doper tattoos. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Having that humility, having that self realization that you ain't shit is yeah. Also, a really Absolutely. really important thing. Absolutely, I feel like for people who do have that humility, when somebody is like, "Dude, your work kind of sucks," and you kind of like take a step back and you do some self reflection on both your work and kind of your craft, it's kind of a wake up call. It's like a bitch slap straight to the yeah. face. You're like, <laughs> "Damn, okay." What am I doing wrong? What do I need to fix it? Mm. And I think those people can be the most successful. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I have friends who are all about talking about how hot shit they are. <laughs> like, they're like, dude, my, I have a they're, yeah, they're like, my shit don't stink. I'm the fucking best. And that's a good mindset to have. Yeah, like, I think being ego driven is good to an extent. I think having some sort of an ego is definitely good for both business and for the discipline and the motivation aspect of it. Because if you're like, damn, I'm good, like, that kind of pushes you to sell. Yes. Right, because you're like, if yes. I'm, it's a good selling point, right? So kind of like where I was going with that was like, you definitely have to have that humility, like mm -hmm. he was saying, to just be vulnerable. You have to be vulnerable to critique, yep. especially as a creative. Mm -hmm. So a segment that we have in this podcast, and I've already mentioned this to you, is called Creative Catastrophes. Yes. As you guys know, for previous listeners, if you've heard Creative Catastrophes, we talk about, we mention one big failure that they feel that they've had, but even more importantly than that, we talk about how they've learned from that failure and the learning from the failure is the most important part because if you just go around life, you know, everyone's going to have failures, but if you just go about your life when you have a failure and then you kind of just brush it off and you don't try and do anything different, if you don't try and learn from it, that's where the growth becomes kind of stagnant. So with Sing, I want to ask you, what do you think in your career in your two years of tattooing has been, it doesn't have to be the biggest failure, mm -hmm. but a big failure of yours that not only have you experienced, but you've learned from. Gosh, there's a lot. <laughs> That's what everyone says. <laughs> Everyone's like, there's so many failures. Yeah. I can name so many. Mm. Well, one thing that I still have kind of troubles with right now is basically that mindset of you realizing that you're not hot shit and stuff. Yeah. That I took that to an extreme sometimes. Like... I wish I have that ego. I wish I have that confidence mm -hmm. that I can project to my clients sometime. Because sometime when I have a client, I'm always in in my own head. Like, am I am I confident enough or to do this tattoo? Or the, do I seem like I'm projecting enough confidence so that yeah. my client feel confident? You know, in me to mm -hmm. tr trust in me to do this tattoo, and I still have troubles with it even now. Like. 
it's such a hard thing to do when you grow up with an Asian <laughs> <laughs> mom and dad saying that you're that. not hot shit your yeah. whole life, you know? It's yeah. just like you're self-critical to yourself so much that you don't have confidence in yourself mm -hmm. too, you know? And I need that balance of both confident, basically that confidence in my own ability, you know? Like it's just even when it's when I don't feel confident, I, I realize that I have to project that confidence in my client because yeah. in in the end, it's them, like seeing them see me have confidence is really important too. Absolutely. You know, you're trusting someone, you're it's trusting. Like, yeah. That's like being a surgeon. Yeah. And having your patient on the operating table and being like, hey man, uh, like <laughs> people have told me that I'm good at this, but honestly, I don't really know if I'm good at yeah. this. <laughs> And then your patient looking back at you and being like, uh, you're about to like do like, what is it? Triple bypass heart <laughs> surgery or whatever it is. And you're telling me that you don't think oh you're good God. enough. That's the last you rated thing. like five stars on like WebMD or yeah. whatever. I, I don't know. Like that's the last thing yeah. I want my surgeon to say. Yeah. Right. Be like, Hey, I don't feel like I'm doing, yeah. I, I'm going to do well. Yeah. But even more so that's the last thing that you want your clients to say, right? Yes. Like, you, like mm -hmm. you don't want your client coming to you and being like, Hey, I need this really, really complicated big tattoo on my back mm -hmm. and then you being like i don't know if i can do that yeah. you know or like i don't know if i'm capable of that like mm -hmm. it's just it's not reassuring yeah well that's the thing too i'm always transparent i yeah. know when i'm over my head on something absolutely you know? so i think having that transparency but also that confidence in uh, what you know you can do yeah. is really really important absolutely. too so i think that's my major major uh kind of obstacle that i'm still getting over yeah, right it's like now a failure weakness almost yeah exactly yeah. but i have well i have a couple client stories i i would tell you yeah. like some 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 failures i would say but yeah. um maybe another time <laughs> yeah i mean but like how do you so like with that failure with that weakness of having a tough time being your own worst critic how do you plan on how do you want to overcome that? What are you What are you actively doing now, tomorrow, yesterday, today? What are you actively doing to get over that? Um, because, like, at some point, like, for myself, like, it'd be so, like, I mean, I I feel like you have a lot of confidence. I don't know. That's when, when you've done a tattoo for me, whenever I've talked to you, like, mm -hmm. you're vulnerable. But, like, for me, when I see you, I see you having a lot of confidence in your ability mm -hmm. but what you're saying now like it's probably the most vulnerable i've seen you yeah like and that's a good thing that's, yeah. like, that's a good thing but how how does how does sing want to get over that how do you want to get over um that? i think just by structure like uh, i just recently made the leap of doing uh i was i had a part-time job when i moved into the new shop that i'm working in yeah and um i it's been about a month-ish, I think, uh, of me doing uh, tattooing full-time. Full-time. And um, it's been it's been great because um, when I was doing, and when I had that part-time job, it restricted me to do so le much less, you know? Yeah. I had so much unanswered emails. I had so much um, yeah. stuff. Now I'm booked to like for like two and a half months-ish. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Um, that's what my coworker said too. Yeah. Um, for someone who hasn't been in the game for a long time. Yeah. You know? So that's huge. I, that 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 is nice. It's very pressuring, but it just is just also a reminder that I have to up my game. Mm -hmm. I have to 
uh, make sure that I have stability. So now, whenever I come to the shop, I always try to uh, clean up my room first, um, and then answer emails. Um, Absolutely. Um, do just the simple shit that yeah. you need to make sure that you have stability mm -hmm. in your own schedule and stuff. Because it's let me tell you, it's so easy for you to be behind if you don't oh yeah don't do these like small structure stuff. yeah yeah exactly so to me right now to have that confidence i just need to hit all the criterias all the small stuff that i need to do the first time i come into the shop you know i love that so um when i can do that i can do the big stuff easily yeah. you know absolutely so as a tattoo artist being in the game so new and having a name for yourself regardless of what anyone wants to say you've built a name for yourself in two years what do you think your competitive advantage is? Like, what do you think makes you stand out from every other tattoo artist that I've ever encountered? Hmm. I think it's just, well, it is a podcast, so you don't know what I look like, but I don't <laughs> look, I feel like a very conventional artist. I, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't have a ton of tattoos. I don't uh, have a beard. I'm, yeah. I'm not a, a heavy smoker, Yeah, <laughs> you know, just like the, things that you see on it's TV. like your typical like stuff. biker or yeah, like when you yeah, think yeah, of like yeah. a surgeon you think of like a mm -hmm. nice spiked hair blonde yeah, guy with a baby face right <laughs> yeah he's like six nine yep yeah um but yeah I, I don't conventionally look like a normal tattoo artist and i can i use that to an advantage Absolutely. because i feel like a lot of my clients they appreciate that i'm not so tough looking yeah you know i look like uh, i'm approachable mm -hmm. you know so so that's one thing that i take to heart and kind of uh incorporate in my own like what, what do you call it uh not design but um my own aesthetic my own brand kinda brand exactly um so even my brand that i have in my business cards and stuff i have this cute little ass bunny um <laughs> that, that's like all pastel and shit i love and, that yeah and so it's so different from uh other artists who have like just like black dark skulls yeah, i'm roses. grungy yeah grungy i'm a exactly. badass exactly you're like no nah, dude i'm no. soft and i'm lovable yeah and people love me yeah because i'm because literally well it's just like i'm not tough like in the conventional sense i'm not a gruff i'm not mm -hmm. grungy you know i'm just me and i'm i tend to stick with that um who knows it might evolve throughout my career but i i hope that's the one thing that doesn't change my um personality yeah. you know um i hope i have more confidence but i hope it doesn't change my personality mm. at all you know absolutely so yeah i think that's the one thing that i uh t try to uh try to endorse try to um uh use as a strength and not a weakness absolutely and i, I honestly like i 100 agree i think that definitely makes you stand out from everyone else because i mean you stood out to me and i couldn't name i like i love the people at your shop yeah, i can only name, awesome. i can only name two or three of the artists or mm. two of the artists in there mm-hmm three one of them being you mm. when i think about their shops honestly i can't think of any other <laughs> artists like obviously we know alex mm -hmm. but like she's i mean she's branded herself too you know like yep. when, you, when i think of alex i think of like crystals yes. and very, like, like uh like witchy, witchy witchcraft like spell spooky bound, yeah you know. but like she's branded that like that's mm -hmm. her brand and yeah it still falls into like the dark gloomy aspects of like tattooing mm -hmm. but like she's found her own niche even within that and has branded that. And I think yep. that's really cool because yep. her shop 
Inkton Spellbound. Yes. Literally is based around that, like yes, that idea. That I think, aesthetic. I, yeah, yeah, I think that's really cool. So, like I said, I think that makes you stand out. And I'm really happy for you to be able to recognize that you don't have to fall into the same niche as everyone else to stand out. Yeah. Find out who you are and then just use that and the people will flock. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I want to kind of touch on two more things. Um, one of those things being being only two years in and this is more of a business question so people who are musicians even or photographers mm. how do you plan to grow your clientele um that's the one thing i'm still trying to figure yeah. out i think just 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 me trying like working hard um it just will build up naturally mm. you know um, i'm i'm grateful for the fact that i'm working in a shop now that's very um very professional very presentable very um uh, very clean very um mm-hmm. uh, the clientele is there already you know and yeah. th- it already has an audience you know and it's just me u- utilizing my power my ability that people will recognize that mm-hmm. people will recognize my art absolutely uh, for, uh, my my aesthetics and that will build up the clientele naturally itself mm-hmm. you know um but i still have to do the work I have to still, uh, with any branding, with any um, aesthetics, it will have its own audience and stuff. And I still am trying to see what is my audience, mm-hmm. what is what what makes people come back to me, you know. And so, I th- it'll just come naturally uh, if if you are already in a position or an institution that um, already provides that. I'm 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 lucky for that in that aspect. A lot of people have to from the ground up which yeah. i kind of did with my previous shop and my apprenticeship you know so but just going past that and being in an institution that lets you provide um your audience and stuff is also really nice absolutely yeah absolutely well saying uh, i'm gonna say that this is the end of our podcast this okay. is this is a good kind of turning point i kind of want to touch one more thing really quick i do i do want to ask you this mm. so saying kind of tell people like how you like this, like how you grew up, like where you came from, like really quick, just oh. so that I can lead into this. Okay. Um, I basically, I grew up in a country called Burma okay. uh, or Myanmar, uh, whichever you prefer, but um, a very third world country, very constantly in war. Mm-hmm. My parents had to smuggle me and my brother out of the country and basically uh, leave it so that we have a better life. Mm-hmm. So... And we jumped country from country, Thailand, China, India, Japan, you name it. And um, and eventually we got here to America um, with, I believe, $50 to his name and my dad's name. And we started from nothing. Um, he, he started from nothing, maybe a little, like a few connections here and there, but he started from nothing and we i am here because of him and my mom and my brother and everybody else that has um uh basically work hard to come here to america yeah and i love that and the reason i ask you to share that with people is because i want to know what advice would you give to yourself your younger self Mm -hmm. like the second you got to america like what advice would you have told yourself then like what Mm. Uh, like would you have told yourself and not to like lead you into an answer but like (laughs) i don't know it's so hard because i feel like i wouldn't change anything in my whole life Mm -hmm. because it has given me this place right now my career my uh, friends and family everybody right now i i wouldn't change 
a lot, but maybe the one thing I would say is just be yourself sooner. Be be who you want to be a mm. little bit. Uh, have more confidence in taking that leap next time. You know, um, uh, what you think might be the end of your end of your life, your social um, uh, circle, or that thing that might embarrass you. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Or just take that leap. Try it. Yeah, you know, just try it. Just try it. I'm a firm believer, and I think if anyone's listened to any like all five of these episodes or however many episodes are out right now, because I don't even know. You'll hear me consistently say through all the episodes, try everything. Yeah. Like try everything. Don't if you look if you wanna if you're if you're a dude and you are or you're a kid or whatever and you're eight years old and you're like you see a girl doing gymnastics and you're like, that looks fun, mm-hmm. fucking try it. Mm-hmm. But if you're a parent and you're listening to this and your kid wants to do gymnastics, let him try let it. Let him do it. Like yeah. how do you like who cares, dude? Why can't I don't understand why can't people just be the fuck whoever they want to be? Why do you have to lose? Yeah. You know? Like just let them fucking try it. Mm-hmm. Like and they'll like they'll tell you if they don't like it. Yep. Shit, my niece my, my niece tells me four times a day if she doesn't like something, fucking give her mozzarella cheese sticks that aren't cooked right, <laughs> like that are aren't crispy enough, and she's like nah, <laughs> nah chicken nuggets. She didn't like chicken nuggets. She oh, she'll let she'll let you know. So just try everything. Let let people try everything. I love that. I think that's oh my god. I can't preach that enough. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Oh. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I love moments like that. Well, Sing, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, um, if you, you guys are still hanging out, if you guys are still hanging out, man, Sing today, uh, we really appreciate you. The fact that you guys are willing to sit in your car or sit at the gym or sit on the toilet, wherever you're at, listening to these podcasts, I can't explain to you how much that means to me. The fact that you want to listen to these stories and that you get value out of this, because if you didn't get value out of this, you wouldn't be listening to them, and that's huge to me. Um, Sing, where can people find you? Where can people find your um, work? Oh, this is my plug. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's uh, S-E-N-G. Uh, I know it's such an Asian name. Yeah. So I'm just S-E-N-G-N-A-W dot M-A-R-I-P. Perfect. <laughs> That's my full name um, at Instagram. How do you say that? Uh, Sang Na Marip. <laughs> Sang Na Marip. Yep. They get that? It's not hard at all, but people get so intimidated by it because they think it's so complicated. It's, it's at the beginning not. of the podcast, I only called you Sang. Yeah, that's what I tell everybody. <laughs> it, literally, when I go to Panera Bread and stuff, I just say John because it, they always butcher the name. I say Sam. <laughs> Sam. Or like I just go by AJ. Like yeah. if you don't know my real name, I'm not going to tell you my real name, but I go by Obviously, know me as AJ, but that's not my real name. You'll find out if you follow me on Instagram at <laughs> a.j underscore Cruz. That was my plug. Mm. I love that. So, um, <laughs> saying I'll have your Instagram handle uh, put down below. Check out his work, guys. It's it's phenomenal, and I personally, I genuinely think that it's very unique. And him as his own personality, as his own brand, is also very very unique. So, whether you're living in Nebraska, if you're out of Nebraska, if you're living in a box in Australia, I don't care. Come over. Come over. I'll Come over to the US. He'll give you a tattoo, and especially if you mention that you heard him on this podcast, maybe he'll. Uh, you guys will talk you guys will talk but no thank you guys so much for listening um if you want to find more episodes if you're listening to this on spotify itunes youtube you can find all the other episodes on those platforms like i said check us out on socials if you just type in the pursuit of creativity you will find me and if you don't find me like a, like our previous guest said woody if you do not find me i am not doing doing my job right and that is not okay so 
Follow us on all of our socials. Keep up with all of our updates. Keep up with our previous episodes. Check out the photos that we take during the podcast, which I need to start getting better about that because I didn't take any photos before this. So That's fine. Get... I hate photos. I know. <laughs> I hate I know. my face. See, the funny thing is that I love photos, but I don't like photos. Well, actually, no, I love photos of myself. <laughs> That's super narcissistic. So... But... so check us out on all of our social platforms. Check us out on Spotify, YouTube, and iTunes. And I will leave you with this, guys. Always remember to work hard. Be patient and pursue creatively. I will see you guys in the next episode. Peace out.